It is time for midday here on KRVN. Time to begin our midday conversation. Lots of stuff to talk about here in the round table as uh, we get things going here. Wind's still blowing a little bit, but not quite as bad. So hopefully you've relocated all of the things that you've lost over the last couple days. Scott Foster in here with you along with Jason Jorgensen and Bob Brogan. And Susan Littlefield is also ready to go for us today. Let's check in with her, first of all. Well, thanks, Scott. Here's what's happening on the midday for the farm team. We'll kick it all off at 1219 with Alex as she Nebraska Wheat Board accepting applications for the upcoming Nebraska Wheat Ambassador Program. And it's day two as we continue with our cruising with biofuels. This time it's Greg Anderson. Alex talks to him as he serves as an at-large representative on the Nebraska Soybean Board. He shares how Nebraska soybean farmers contribute to the nation's biodiesel industry. And then wrapping everything up at 117, it's still happening. We're talking Nebraska State Fair and Exarbent. So some good news for our livestock producers. That and more on the midday from the farm team. Thanks a lot, Susan. That certainly is good news. Always good to hear when some things are going on, whatever they might be. We turn it over to Jason Jorgensen and... uh uh, another league says, yeah, we're going to play. The MLS says that they're still in it to play, so that's good. NASCAR has announced they yep. will be having fans at a few of the races coming up. Oh. Homestead in Miami and also at uh, one of the tracks in Alabama. Okay. So, okay. Uh, limited, a limited, limited number? Uh, yeah. 1,000 there in Florida, 5,000 there at Talladega. So, yeah. I mean, they've gotten to the point now where not only is their season back, but they're welcoming fans back, whereas Major League Baseball continues to spin their wheels and they're arguing over how many games they'd like to play. Good grief. <laughs> so, we'll it's, see. Uh, also in sports, uh, we will hear from Nebraska volleyball coach John Cook. As of now, the Huskers know and they think they will get 20 matches during the regular season. What's up in the air, however, is... Will they have any non-conference matches, or will the Big Ten just keep everything contained? Oh. And there's a thought process that uh, it'll just be a conference schedule, and the Huskers will play more of the teams closer to them. There will not be a lot of traveling to the East Coast. So but, a bunch of games against Iowa well, type of thing? a bunch of games against some folks that are a little bit closer. I, if, if you're the Huskers, I don't, I don't know if you want two or three matches in the regular season against the likes of Wisconsin. Right. <laughs> Minnesota, that, that toughens up the schedule a little bit, but that's huh. that's what they're left with. So we'll hear from Coach Cook. He was a guest last night on Sports Nightly. Okay. All right. Very good. Thanks, Jason. I appreciate it. We turn it over to Bob Brogan. And uh, NASDAQ over the 10,000 mark, first time uh, we've seen that. And otherwise, Dow Jones and, and S&P down just a little bit, Bob. Stocks mostly lower as traders turn cautious ahead of a... Uh, Big announcement, or maybe a big announcement, from on interest rates later today from the uh, Federal Reserve. So we're uh, still waiting on that. Uh, the index has staged a comeback since its late March low, and now is within just five percent of the all-time high it reached in February before the coronavirus lockdown started happening. Also, uh, consumer prices dropped in May for the third straight month uh, because of the coronavirus. And uh, Ford is uh, expects to have its U.S. factories motoring at pre-coronavirus levels by, by July 6th. All right. all right, very good. Thank you. That's all coming up on May. 
I'm Clay Patton inviting you to take a productive visit to KRVN Cattlemen. 100% beef oriented, KRVN Cattlemen brings you expertise from across the plains in audio and video spotlights featuring industry innovators. Handy Nebraska, Kansas, and cattle resources including the inventory, cattle on feed, and slaughter numbers you need. Plus hay reports for five states. You'll find a complete directory of upcoming auctions and private treaty sales. Click on the link for KRVN Cattlemen on the right front column of the homepage at krvn.com. It is 1144, time for us to take a look at our weather and how it's affecting agriculture for us and around the world. Paul Perkins in here with us as always and paul uh, what a difference a day makes my goodness exactly it's not often we get to even see wall-to-wall border-to-border sunshine in nebraska and kansas and that's pretty much the case right now all the clouds fall off into iowa and missouri after big weather day yesterday we did have some wind gusts up to 70 miles per hour in the Broken Bow area, 67 in Donovan. A lot of us had wind gusts of 50 to 65 miles per hour yesterday. About 1 to 2 inches of rain falling from Lexington to Kearney and also around the Hebron area. But not everybody getting as lucky on that rain either. No, it really wasn't. That's that's true. And some of it was real horizontal. I felt like I needed to turn my <laughs> gauge uh, horizontally to catch how much rain we got. But you know, I'm amazed. Uh, we had early in the day, we had that semi that blew over by yes. Maxwell. I'm surprised we didn't hear about more of that. Mm-hmm. Especially, yeah, with those uh, oh. open cargo ones, I think yes. those are the ones that usually are the problems and right. stuff. But, yeah, and then it got a little chilly last night. Uh, a lot of us getting down into the upper 40s to low 50s. Alliance last night in western Nebraska got down to 36. <laughs> so, big difference in our weather, but pretty close to normal across the area or uh, or pretty close to uniform on our temperatures across the area right now many of us with temperatures in the low and mid 60s but we do have some upper 60s to low 70s as you hand into much of eastern nebraska on into northern kansas today looking at sun sunshine and temperatures slightly cooler than average northwest winds will remain on the breezy side as our area sits between high pressure building in from the west and low pressure departing towards the great lakes winds will really drop off towards sunset tonight with high pressure moving overhead Light winds and clear skies will result in some quick cooling and overnight lows about 5 degrees cooler than normal. Enjoy those cooler than normal temperatures because a big change is on the way over the next several days and it looks like it's going to last for a while. Tomorrow through Tuesday, dry with a warming trend as a ridge of high pressure builds onto the plains. Highs tomorrow already will be slightly above average, then warm to about 10 degrees warmer than normal for Friday through early next week. In our long-term forecast, something to watch will be expanding coverage of drought, especially in areas that did not get much rain. Underneath the high-pressure dome, temperatures for Nebraska, Kansas, and the central U.S. likely to be warmer than normal from Monday all the way through June 23rd. Average highs for mid-June to the beginning days of summer in central Nebraska are usually in the low to mid-60s, make that low to mid-80s, with overnight lows averaging in the upper 50s. Drier weather is expected for Nebraska, Kansas, and much of the central and eastern U.S. Monday through June 23rd with below normal rainfall. Market impacting weather factors include additional rain in portions of the Midwest and hot and dry weather for crop areas of the Black Sea region. Through tomorrow, a cold front will introduce cooler and drier air into the central and eastern U.S. In advance of that front, hot and humid weather will accompany some thunderstorms. Western warm air will expand to the east during the weekend and early next week. A ribbon of warmth across the nation's midsection will lie between areas of below-numbal temperatures in the far west and from the Mississippi Valley eastward. 
In the Midwest, continued moderate to locally heavy rain will result in some flat flooding. Overall, crop conditions, though, look to be favorable with this rainfall. For the northern plains, drier period with seasonally mild weather is expected next week to 10 days. Dryness may stress the crops in western areas of the north plains where precipitation is well below normal for the year. Southern Plains wheat areas will continue with hot and dry weather through the next 10 days to two weeks. That combination does favor winter wheat ripening and harvest, but some late-stage wheat yield reduction may occur. Southern Plains row crop irrigation also will be on the high side for the demand. A Black Sea region heat wave this week will stress crops. The impact could be especially noteworthy from South Russia through the Volga Valley and farther east into Kazakhstan. All right. Well, it'll be interesting to see as temperatures begin to rise and start to dry up now again. Uh, you know, we can see those irrigations going hard. Exactly. And, of course, we've already got abnormal dryness uh, right along the Nebraska-Kansas yeah. border into much of central and western Kansas and then farther southwest in Kansas. Uh, drought pretty prevalent there, and these conditions will definitely add to that. Do we know if the wind's going to blow so hard yet, or is that? Uh, I'd imagine sometime or another, yes. And probably by the 18th, probably many of us looking at temperatures in the upper 90s to around 100 across the area is what the projection is at this time. All righty. Okay. So the air conditioner gets a little bit of a daybreak here, and that's about it. That's about it. All right. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. Where do you go to check in on your weather? Weather tab, krvn.com. Nebraska Wheat Board is now accepting applications for the upcoming Ambassador Program, and I'm joined on the phone by Sarah Morton. She's the Ag Promotion Coordinator with the Nebraska Wheat Board. Sarah, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Well, before we get into all the details, tell us a little bit about what this Ambassador Program is all about. So the Nebraska Wheat Ambassador Program is basically a developmental program to have college-age students be able to learn more about the wheat and agricultural industry and then also earn a scholarship while doing so. So the program is really involved about their growth opportunities. So making sure we're um, really tuning in to what they want to get out of the experience, whether that's um, more job shadowing, whether that's being in the classroom and presenting or working at trade shows, or even developing a special project for them to work on. It's really honing in to what they're interested in and then developing their interest in the wheat and agricultural industry. And this is a year-long program for these students. What will they be doing throughout the year? Correct. So this program is actually going to run in accordance with the school year. So the school uh, college is going to be starting in August this year, and actually I believe a lot of them are starting a week earlier due to COVID. Um, but then it'll run through April. And so over the course of those 10 months, students will be working at promotional events such as Husker Harvest Days um, and other events throughout the year. Um, They'll be doing classroom presentations to whatever age um, group they're actually interested in. So they can go in and present to elementary students. They can go in and present to high school um, classrooms and things like that. We want them to take an interest in the agriculture industry and do some job shadowing, whether that's maybe going to tour a mill and following somebody around there or going out and actually working with a producer for the day. The uh, world is their opportunity, and so they can choose what they want to do. We also want them to kind of reflect over their experience and understand what they're getting out of it, and so they'll be doing quarterly reflections 
And then a part of this is also doing in-office work, and so they'll be assigned some hours throughout the week to come in and work on program materials, but then they can also choose to do a project that's specifically tailored to them, whether that's they want to develop new education materials or if they want to create media content, just something to help them advance the wheat industry and the Nebraska Wheat Board is kind of what this um, overall program is going to be looking like. And who is eligible to apply for this program? So college-age students who are enrolled in a post-secondary school in Nebraska are all available to apply for it. And Sarah, I do understand that along with this program, if they are selected as an ambassador, they do get a scholarship. Can you tell us about that a little bit? Definitely. So among uh, upon the completion of the program, the students will have to present to the wheat board at their Um, summer meeting, and then they will get a $1,000 scholarship that is applied to their next year's tuition. So that should kind of wrap up their experience with the program and then hopefully um, help them along in their future endeavors. All right. Great information. Thanks so much. That again was Sarah Morton. She is the Ag Promotion Coordinator with the Nebraska Wheat Board as they are now accepting applications for the upcoming ambassador program. And she said those applications are due July 24th. And you can find the application form by going to NebraskaWheat.com and clicking on the About tab. Broadcasting from the Nebraska Soybean Board News Desk, which is brought to you in part by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Time for Midday Sports. Our own Jason Jorgensen is joining us. And Jason, for the sports-starved people, we have some good news, especially for on the local level and for football. We do. The Nebraska Shrine Bowl is still on for July 11th in Kearney. The Nebraska Shrine Bowl board made that uh, announcement just about 15 minutes ago. Now, as, as you might expect, a number of safety protocols will be in effect for the game. All fans will have their temperatures checked before they enter the stadium. Mm-hmm. Attendees of family members will only be allowed. That's down to 10 persons or less for each player, and everyone will have to adhere to social distancing. But someone had to go first and try to push this through with the game, and those are just a few of the protocols that uh, they'll have to deal with for the contest. Still at UNK, right? Yep, still at UNK. Okay. Right. Kickoff at uh, 2 o'clock. That, that'll be a warm one. But, yeah, uh, no and, kidding. If, and if you can't make it, of course, we'll have it for everybody here on 880-KRV and along the Rural Radio Network. And I know you mentioned it, but it, it's good that at least going to expand the rosters a little bit. It's also going to be interesting to see what they do with practices. I know they're not going to have a lot of time, but uh, to get everybody back into shape. Yeah, because... What have you been doing? Yeah, well, <laughs> well, you're going to find out who has been doing something who sure. hasn't. Yep. Nebraska volleyball continues to make plans for this season, even though there's still many unknowns heading into the fall. Head coach John Cook says putting a schedule together is still a guessing game at this point. Because that way all the Big Ten schools are following the same protocols and same requirements, you know, and so we know it's more controlled in the Big Ten. If you go into other conferences, who knows what's going on. So bottom line is I think that's still up in the air uh, is the non-conference, but we're committed to a 20-match uh, Big Ten schedule. Cook was a guest last night on Sports Nightly on the Husker Sports Network. Now there's still a chance at the Division One level that only conference games will eventually be played. They know they're going to play 20 
regular season matches at this point. They just don't know who that will be against. You could basically rule out all of the tournaments in like Hawaii. Yep. All those fun tournaments they get to take part in usually, those are probably capiche. Yep. And Major League Baseball has dramatically cut the length of its draft. One effect will almost certainly be the end of a long-time Nebraska streak. A Husker had been drafted each of the past 27 years and 41 of the past 42, even though on those occasions a featured draft of at least 40 rounds. Just five rounds today, and that uh, Major League Baseball draft will start later on today. We, we don't know if there will be a season, but they will have a draft. Can I just say this? With Major League Baseball... They're not looking good right now. No. Right? Major League Soccer just announced today they're going to come back on July 8th. NBA starts in July as well. Everybody talked about if baseball comes back, this will not heal the nation, but this helps, especially for sports. And now they're the ones bickering about how many games, how much money. This can't look good for them. It just no. can't, right? All I say is play ball. Great. Play ball. <laughs> That's sports. For more, find it anytime at krvn.com. Thanks, Jason. This is Greg Sharp coming up tonight on Sports Sunday, a conversation with the head football coach of the Cornhuskers, Scott Frost. We'll also hear from our Major League Baseball insider, Lane Grindle, and another edition of Husker Huddle. This week, Jeremiah Searle sits down with Matt Slauson. All that coming your way tonight here on Sports Nightly. Listen to Sports Nightly on 880 KRVN, 106.9 FM, Kearney, and 98.5 FM, Grand Island. The Nebraska Game and Parks Commission, working in collaboration with Ogallala and Keith County area partners, will implement actions designed to make the Lake McConaughey and Lake Ogallala state recreation area safer and more family-friendly destinations by enhancing recreational facilities and prohibiting the possession of alcohol. The new regulation banning alcohol at the lake sites officially went into effect yesterday. Management plans also call for increased law enforcement presence and operational efforts to better manage large crowds and help improve recreational experiences for park guests and the safety of first responders. The regulation can be viewed in detail at sos.nebraska.gov. The changes come after Nebraska's largest lake saw record visitation in 2018 and 2019, stressing both park infrastructure and resources and local public safety resources, hindering the commission's ability to provide quality guest services. In response, Game and Parks partnered with Keith County commissioners, local public safety officials, and the public to find solutions that would create higher quality experiences for all. Private residents will still be allowed alcohol possession. To learn more about the changes, visit OutdoorNebraska.org slash Lake McConaughey. A series of strong storm systems resulted in a week straight of severe weather, torrential rainfall, and non-thunderstorm high winds. These storms have also produced strong wind gusts that knocked over a grain elevator in Lisco in Garden County and many reports of tree damage. Sean Jacobs, the warning coordination meteorologist with the National Weather Service in North Platte, says the storm struck when trees were vulnerable. And the reason for the increased tree damage is this is not typical for uh, June in Nebraska. We don't get those strong, synoptic, uh, large-scale winds uh, like what we would normally see in March or during the fall months. Uh, so what's different is our trees have a lot of canopy right now, a lot of leaves. They provide more drag, 
and it provides uh, more load on the tree, and that's why we're seeing a lot more trees coming down. Jacob says there have been several days of winds hitting 60 miles per hour, and the highest winds reached 71 miles an hour in a non-thunderstorm at Broken Bow. The largest hail was reported as softball size 20 miles southwest of Atkinson, and the greatest 24-hour rainfall was 5.5 inches 10 miles north of Atkinson. And students returning to school in one Omaha district this fall will likely be required to wear masks in the classrooms and hallways of their buildings. Miller Public Schools has ordered 60,000 masks, two for every teacher and student, as a way to combat the spread of the coronavirus. Reporting for the Rural Radio Network, I'm Austin Jacobson. It's time for another edition of Cruising with Biofuels as we celebrate June as Renewable Fuels Month. I'm Alex Wojcicki on the Rural Radio Network, joined on the phone by Greg Anderson. He's a farmer and the at-large representative with the Nebraska Soybean Board from Newman Grove. And we're here to learn more about biodiesel production in Nebraska. So, Greg, thanks so much for joining us today. Great to be with you, Alex. Greg, first of all, tell us a little bit about how Nebraska contributes to the nation's biodiesel industry. Well, Nebraska uses a lot of uh, soybean oil for biodiesel. We know that the nationwide as a, as a country in the United States, biodiesel uses the production of soybean oil from about 772 million bushels of soybeans. Now, Nebraska doesn't grow that many bushels of soybeans, of course, but we have a, approximately 5 million acres where the oil from that uh, is used in an industrial way. About one-third of the domestic crush is used uh, for biodiesel production. So that's about 8.5 billion pounds of soybean oil. That's really huge. It's uh, really helping to take the excess soybean oil that we just don't have a market for and turn it into a profitable market, making a biodiesel. And with Nebraska's agriculture industry, with the livestock and the crops, biodiesel really plays this integral dynamic role. Can you talk about how biodiesel plays a role in livestock and poultry production too? Sure. Uh, Animal fats and tallow are actually byproducts of livestock production and they have a strong correlation with the price of soybean oil. Historically, animal fats and tallow prices have always been at a a discount relative to soybean oil prices. However, as uh, biodiesel has increased the usage of animal fats and tallow as a feedstock, we've seen those prices converge to the point where inedible tallow prices are, are really at a, no longer at a significant discount relative to soybean oil. That's important because for uh, the pork producer, for example, the uh, pork producers are impacted positively by biodiesel production. The increase in animal fat prices over an eight-year period uh, translated to about $2.78 for a wean-to-finish uh, animal. Uh, that's uh, important uh, to, to tack on, almost $3 a, a head. And then when we move over to the beef side, beef producers are impacted positively by biodiesel production as well. An increase in tallow prices over an eight-year period translated into about a $20 per head uh, increase received uh, by cattle feeders. So it's a important market in that it adds value uh, to livestock, which we're already producing. So in light of that, too, I'd like to add that uh, biodiesel's demand for soybean oil uh, really reduces the relative price per ton of soybean meal. The more soybeans are crushed, the more meal that's produced, that 
usually uh, brings that price of the meal down. So it helps reduce feed costs as well as helping on the, the sell side when uh, those animals are, are harvested. And those are some great economic benefits of using soybeans for biodiesel. Uh, what are some other benefits? Well, we like to describe biodiesel as the better, cleaner, and now. And we say better because biodiesel offers a higher cetane rating and provides superior lubricity over regular petroleum diesel without slipping in fuel economy or horsepower and torque. So that's really important. And uh, we, we need that lubricity uh, and we see the higher cetane rating. So it's actually better than your petroleum diesel. We, we like to also describe it as cleaner because biodiesel is a clean burning fuel and it's been proven uh, that it's been a carbon reducer, which really benefits the environment and human health. Very important to our East and West Coast markets. And we also like to describe it as now, better, cleaner, and now, because now biodiesel is commercially available in all 50 states. And as I uh, mentioned, biodiesel can be found in all throughout Nebraska, many, many locations. If you don't have it in your particular locale, ask your fuel supplier for it and uh, track it down and start to use it. You mentioned that the East and West Coast are, you know, using biodiesel, wanting to use it more. Uh, Why is that? Both the East and West Coast uh, really want to get to carbon neutral as quickly as possible, and biodiesel is really the only pathway for them to do that. Uh, the California market is a huge market. Uh, by the year 2030, we're going to see that requires like over 2 billion gallons. It's uh, probably going to get there quicker than even that. The northeast part of the country, especially New York and those uh, quadrant of states in the northeast, use biodiesel as a heating oil, uh, blend it with heating oil, and they want to get to net zero carbon emissions by the year 2050 using 100% biodiesel. And so that, again, is a huge market. Uh, We here in the Midwest, and especially in Nebraska, are positioned well to send soybean oil uh, out to both of those uh, coasts for it to be made into biodiesel. And uh, this will continue to fuel, uh, pardon the pun, but fuel the, uh, the drive and the usage of biodiesel in both markets. Uh, They want clean air. Um, The use of biodiesel has proven that it can uh, really clean the air. It is renewable. They like that, and they like it. the fact that it uh, isn't imported from another country for fuel security and energy security, and it provides tens of thousands of jobs, both here in the Midwest and on both coasts, to uh, help uh, that market along. Well, like you said, Greg, the Nebraska Soybean Board and, and the soybean farmers across the state with the soy checkoff are working really hard to create this biodiesel product and a great one at that. What's the best way to stay up to date with this information and learn more? Well, we can just point you to our Nebraska Soybean Board website, or you could go to biodiesel.org and find a wealth of information on biodiesel, its characteristics, its qualities, uh, where to find it. Uh, Any question you might have, uh, people will uh, get back to you, and we'd like to keep everybody informed and, and learning more and encourage everyone to use it. All right, great information. Thanks so much, Greg. That has been another episode of Cruising with Biofuels. Broadcasting from the Nebraska Soybean Board News Desk, which is brought to you in part by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff, you're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Time for Check of the Midday Business Report. We're joined by Bob Rogan as usual. And Bob, stocks early, maybe right now, still lousy. 
down a little bit as traders are cautious ahead of a policy announcement on interest rates later today from the Federal Reserve. The S&P 500 was down three-tenths of a percent in midday trading. The index has staged a huge comeback since its late March low and is now within 6% of reclaiming the all-time high it reached in February before the coronavirus lockdown started happening. Global markets were also mixed after the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development said the coronavirus crisis has triggered the worst global recession in nearly a century. U.S. consumer prices dropped in May for the third straight month as the coronavirus pushed the American economy into a recession. The Labor Department saying today that its consumer price index fell one-tenth of a percent last month after tumbling eight-tenths percent in April and four-tenths percent in March. Ford expects to have its U.S. factories humming at pre-coronavirus levels by July 6th. Chief Operating Officer Jim Farley told a German bank autos conference that the company hit 96% of its production targets in the first three weeks after it reopened factories on May 18th. Many plants reopened, working two shifts, and have since added production with workers on overtime. He said the company plans to go to three shifts per day at some plants. And Starbucks took a virus-related revenue hit, potentially exceeding $3 billion in its third quarter. The brewer said in a regulatory filing today that the virus outbreak also slashed its operating income between $2 billion and $2.2 billion as the virus raged. Starbucks was forced to close its stores to customers but continued to operate, pick up, and other services in most locations. That's a check of the business news. I'm Bob Brogan. Thank you very much, Bob. the show will go on. And as for the Nebraska State Fair at this point, that's exactly it. Good afternoon. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. Greg Harder, who's in charge of the livestock at the Nebraska State Fair, says at this point, everything is fair as usual. Well, Susan, we're, we really haven't missed a beat as far as making plans for the 2020 Nebraska State Fair. Um, you know, there's some things that we're Doing subtle changes that the, the general public might not even see has been changed. Uh, but it's all about, uh, as fairs are, it's all about celebrating each other, celebrating Nebraska, celebrating uh, kids and showing um, their livestock, open class uh, coming to town and um, showing off what they're raising out at their ranches and farms. And so it's really been... Just a, a work in progress, albeit with a little bit unknown, but I think at the end of the day, uh, it's going to be really a fun, exciting State Fair 2020. You know, so many folks are, are looking at what's happening in their neck of the woods and, and not being able to have State Fairs. It sure would be nice to say, bring your livestock to Nebraska, compete with us if possible, and enjoy the amazing facilities that we have and, and the hospitality that Nebraska throws. That's exactly right, Susan. And, you know, people that have never been here might ask the question, is it really as nice out there from a livestock facility standpoint as we hear? And we tell them it's better than what you probably hear. And when people come out here for the first time, you know, they are really extremely impressed, uh, not only with the facilities, but the uh, kindness and friendliness that uh, the Nebraska uh, livestock committees and staff um, put forth 
Um, and I, I just think it's it's going to be just a fun opportunity when people are able to get out and exhibit and interact with each other come the last days of August, early September during the Nebraska State Fair. And then following up on that is Exarban, and that is such an exciting time for our youth, not only here in Nebraska, but, but surrounding states. It's, uh, it's really, you know, to me, it's, it's the reason I, I took the call to come to Nebraska a little better than two years ago. And, um, you know, we've expanded it to 14 states. It's kids 9 to 19. Um, in, in the advent of some of these state fairs have, have been unable to continue on in 2020, North Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Indiana. Those are all kiddos that are eligible to come to Grand Island that last weekend of September. And, uh, they are just super excited that they're able to put an event like Exarban up on their calendar. And it's something to keep working hard for. And I just think, uh, Exarban 2020, uh, is going to be one where we're going to blow the sides out of the barns. There's going to be a lot of kids and animals and people coming uh, to exhibit and spend time with each other. And it's going to be an exciting event. So, Greg, what about the deadlines that are quickly approaching? We do have some deadlines. Uh, the first deadline that comes up, if they are bringing a market animal to Exarban, uh, they need to go on exarbanstockshow.com and uh, get a DNA hair sample. Uh, that deadline is July 1st that they have to submit that by. So if they don't have their envelopes, they certainly need to be ordering them no later than probably about uh, June 24th or 5th. State Fair affidavit deadline is the 15th of June. Conversation with Greg Harder talking State Fair and Exarbent. I'm Susan Littlefield, Pro Radio Network. Clay Patton on the Rural Radio Network, talking with John Payton, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. And looking here at the close, we're still continuing to kind of drib and drab ahead of tomorrow's WASDE report. Are you expecting any big surprises? Uh, no. I mean, I guess the surprise would be that if they don't change anything on the demand side, I think that's probably what the, the bulls can hope for on corn. Uh, same for soybeans. You know, I, I think, you know, slight demand adjustments there will be observed but uh, as far as beans go, they don't face the, the issues that corn do as far as oversupply. You know, uh, good news on the ethanol front. Uh, again, as I, I live here in the Chicago metro area, there's a lot of people out. I mean, I was at Dick's yesterday getting a basketball, and I had to wait in the line 50 people long. Demand is there. People are out itching to do things. But corn has its oversupply problem because of just the amount of acres we planted this year. So we'll wait for a big adjustment on that before getting too bullish. I would say... We get a bearish number tomorrow on corn, probably puts in a low for a little bit, and then we just chop around and trade sideways until until the end of the month when delivery approaches. And then I think a low will be made there for a while, and I would expect price action to be better. Uh, for beans, well, I mean, I'm bullish beans. I think that if you're going to look at a weather problem, it's going to show up in soybeans, and the Chinese are buying. Whether they're buying U.S. or they're buying Brazil, uh, I think that's optimistic here. In, in my opinion, the soybeans are one big currency trade. If things change in the currency front, especially with Argentina and Brazil, uh, you could see beans really rally um, and, and not change fundamentals at all. So be, be a little careful here on soybeans, um, you know, but play weather for the first of the month. I don't think you jump in tomorrow uh, on a weather problem. As we're looking across, uh, maybe China's poking around the PNW once again. Have you heard anything through the rumor that China's back for beans? Yes, I have 
heard a couple different people say it, and again, I think that's probably priced in, and that's maybe why we rallied here the last couple of days. But um, you know, we got a lot of rain here. Beans are really where I'm looking for the weather problem to show up, and just due to the fact that the next two to three weeks are going to be pretty dry, uh, especially in areas you know that planted soybeans because they weren't that corn wasn't working like south of Kansas. I think you're going to lose a lot of product there, so. You know, we'll we'll see what the USDA says tomorrow. Um, there's another report in three weeks from tomorrow. Uh, that'll be the grain stocks and then an update of planted acres. So be ready for, you know, more USDA talk here as we get through the end, uh, end of June. And again, John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago, publisher of the newsletter this week in Grain. Do remember, though, trading futures and options involves risk of loss. It may not be suitable for all investors. Do consider these risks before investing. You can learn more about Daniel Zag Marketing at DanielZagMarketing.com. Thank you very much, Clay. Well, that'll wrap up things here on the Midday Program. If you missed any of our interviews or segments, you can rehear those on our Midday Podcast at krvn.com. Or our Midday Podcast, also available on iTunes. Our Midday Podcast is brought to you by Davini Motor. Howdy, folks. This is Rick from Davini Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and McCook. When you're ready to buy a new vehicle, expect that our hardworking, experienced staff will treat you just like family. Go to DaviniChryslerJeepDodge.com today. And remember, it's not a deal until it's a Davini deal.